Welcome to Sweeping the Country, where we talk about what's going on in the music world, current news and world events, the good news, the bad news, the happy news, and the sad news, and pretty much everything in between. You throw in a few famous artists, celebrities, and everyday folks just like you and me, and you've got Sweeping the Country. Every once in a while, like today, we go back into the vault. I'm Derek Walker, and here's my co-host, Mr. Jimmy Carter. How you doing today, Jimmy? I'm doing great. Uh, this is my favorite movie star of all time. If With all the movies whoa, whoa, that you've whoa, ever whoa, seen whoa, in your whoa. life. Wait, wait a second. That is a big statement. You just can't. It is. I and mean, and I like to, I've liked a lot of people over the years. Yeah. And I certainly have favorite comedians like Robin Williams. Sure. That we'll get into in this uh, trip down memory lane eventually. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I really, I looked up to Sean Connery. He was... Oof. He was James Bond. That was the coolest. The Beatles and James Bond came out about the same time. Yes. Who um, was cooler, uh, James Bond or the Beatles? Now, I know what I, I think. I think they I, both thought each I, other was pretty cool. Uh, you know, he was it. he was in the character of James Bond and Dr. No, uh, like between 1962 and 83. So he lasted a little bit longer as Bond than the Beatles lasted as the Beatles. Yes, in their yes. No doubt. No doubt. But man, at one time in the world, uh, 007 and the Beatles were the coolest things, and it made everything English British cool I love at the it. time because you know the the what they looked like or how cool he was. I mean, there was there was not a man that I've ever heard of that saw James Bond in the '60s when you were 15, 16, oh, yeah. 17 years old that we could ever dream that we would become men that would even be close to being that cool. <laughs> and he was a he was a fantasy character of sure, author sure. Ian Fleming and nobody is that cool no. but Connery was was a big guy a lot of people did, didn't look like it in those movies he was he was a, a rather large not not six something I can't remember six two or something yeah you, and he was formal he was a bodybuilder really? he was a swimmer at one time he was a mister whatever you call it you know he was not like muscular like Arnold Schwarzenegger but he was a strong guy yeah yeah and I mean there was a situation where uh, he was in some movie and I know that he was going out with the actress and the actress was dating a mobster Oh, geez. and the mobster showed up in Europe uh, <laughs> and started to try to work over Connery. Oh my God. And, and he disarmed the mom's mobster what? and got him and threw him out. Cause he was, a you didn't mess with Connery was a tough guy. He was, he was a, you know, he was in the Royal Navy. I mean, he was a tough guy. Yeah. And so uh, the guy, you know, then he had death threats from some mobster forever after that, but he wow. was worried about it. But he, you know, when you saw him in The Untouchables, yeah. you believed him that he was this, you yeah. know, European yeah, yeah. Irish top or whatever he was supposed to be in that. Totally, yeah. A Bridge Too Far, one of my favorite war movies. He was uh, in, the, you know, just everything. The Hunt for Red October. I mean, you don't want to be for a Russian submarine commander, but right. you were somehow for him. You know, it's funny because I don't, I don't do voices or anything like that. And that's your favorite actor of all time. But I will tell you this. I have a pretty good Sean Connery, Jimmy. I've been practicing on it for yeah, a long that's pretty time. Good. Uh, yeah, he has always been an icon for me. And I was a little younger when it came out, but I saw all the movies after. My dad was a huge Bond fan, huge. And so I watched every single one of them. And my first was a Roger Moore, but there was never, yeah. there was never uh, a Bond like Sean Connery. It didn't matter. No, they, they say the best in. Bond is the one you saw first. That's always but that's been not the said case that way. For me. Yeah, I honestly. In the same way with Captain Kirk and a few other characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. But the Bond, the the best Bond is the one that you saw first. Wow. And for you, it was it was the more, and that was fine. They were friends. Yeah. But Sean Connery was the real Bond, and he was from Edinburgh, Scotland. I'll be darned. 
He was born on August the 25th, 1930. His name was Thomas Connery, Ooh. and then he went by Sean later on. Uh, they loved him in Scotland. He was, uh, you know, an icon of that whole cold country, always supported them uh, politically. And this interview you're going to hear, we did in Edinburgh, Scotland. Uh, was there for the publicity of a movie he had done with Catherine Zeta-Jones. And anyway, we're we're in this luxury hotel, not far away from where he was a milkman. When you were a nine-year-old milkman up the street here, did you ever think of your future, or did you think you had a future? Well, I don't think it, at nine one thinks in terms of uh, your future, to be honest. Uh, 1939, one was talking then about the main topics were, was the war. Mm -hmm. And uh, no matter how privileged or underprivileged or whatever your circumstances are or where, um, somehow until you move on or move out or do some things different, as you don't have anything to compare it with, you just think it's absolutely normal. And do you think you, were you happy then at your best memory or um, teenage years, early teenage? No, not madly. I mean, well, that, that side of the work side I liked with it because mm -hmm. I then got introduced to the horses and that kind mm -hmm. of thing. And it was a, it's, one realizes in retrospect how different it must be for like same age kids now. None of the men, the young men anyway, were around. They were all in the services. That's right. And the older guys were in munitions or, you know, training for the home guard or something. And 14-year-olds, uh, like I became at the time, and this friend of mine, Danny Fraser, we had horses and mm. were delivering milk, doing the men's jobs. Mm. You know, a lot of teenagers, I'm thinking about them today because they're in the news so much lately. Mm. You have so much self-confidence that I'm sure you've gotten over the years of being successful. What point did it kick in for you? Did you start feeling pretty good about yourself and confident? Well, I mean, I got into the Navy and... Uh, I was signed for 12 years, and I was out after three with ulcers. Mm -hmm. And so one certainly wasn't full of confidence. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, academically, one was uh, zilch. And uh, so one kind of had to uh, educate completely. And, it was to get, and at the same time, one went to bodybuilding. So I think one got a kind of combination of an education and uh, something to do with the physical side as well. And Started feeling good about yourself. Yeah. And, and then you were a nude model. You better feel good about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. You are keeping it strictly business, right, Matt? Strictly. Are you still having a good time doing movies? Yeah. As long as you don't do too many in a row, is that what it is? Well, in the middle uh, of this one uh, was a very, very arduous, heavy schedule, and with the two hats was making it difficult because of starting dates and all the rest of it, accommodating everything because I was on both sides of the team. Yeah. You know, producing and uh, starring in it, and uh, sometimes it's a tail that's wagging the dog. But you're still finding time for golf because your wife told me that you just beat somebody very badly somewhere in the Bahamas, or they beat you. Who won that game? I think I won. You think you won. I think you always win. No. This man always wins. Don't worry about that. No, it's not true. I, could, I can't imagine you losing. Thank you, sir. Thanks. Great to see, nice you again. to see you again. Right. Thank you for the shot. Absolutely. I absolutely, I absolutely love it, Jimmy. My question to you and listening to him and, and you at talking and knowing that 
you know, he did Bond for what eight years, I think, or however many seasons. Well, he did it for a lot of years, but yeah. it wasn't continuous. He was doing other things. Yeah, so, he did it from 1962 to 1983. Okay, so how how did a lot of actors or actors they get typecast into a role? And I feel like he was able to jump out of a typecast kind of role with Bond and then go into like Indiana Jones and totally believable in both roles. Well, some of it was hair. Yeah, uh, he would put on prosthetic wigs for uh, Captain Ramius mm -hmm. in Hunt for Red October. Yeah, great. Uh, he didn't wear a wig at all uh, in The Bridge Too Far. Yeah. He didn't look like, you know, in, in Indiana Jones in The Last Crusade, I believe he had a gray beard. Yeah. And it was, you know, it's costuming, it's hair, yeah. uh, some of that. That's what actors do. You know, they, they kind of morph into the role. And uh, this guy, you know, Bond was Bond. He was cool. He always looked like Bond. I don't think he ever changed his appearance in really any of the bonds, except maybe the last one, never say never again. But, you know, he was such a curiosity. I know that in, you know, he was never bigger anywhere than Japan. Oh, really? Fascinating. Oh, he said, he tells a story in one of these interviews and maybe this one come up that he was so popular that when he would try to go to the bathroom in a restaurant yeah. in the, in the stall uh -huh. that people were sending cameras underneath the stall thank to goodness. try to take his hey, picture thank goodness th there weren't iphones at the time or uh, he, he might have ended up with more than just his backside uh, in a picture so the <laughs> conversation with sean connery continues uh let's give a commercial for golf real quick i gave you some golf balls today why do people play golf what do you think the main attraction is what's it do for you uh well if you play golf you can't think honestly, or do anything else when you're playing. Uh, I think it's the most uh, revealing game that's out. I don't know if it's a game. It's something other than a game, I couldn't define it. But it's obsessive and revealing. And a very healthy balancing factor, I think. Certainly is for me, and also it's one of the few games in the world that's really still got dignity as a game certainly has class yeah no question you and ever lose your temper can you but of course what do you do you throw the golf balls or you throw the golf no, club I'm, I'm i slice a lot so i have problems after about nine holes and if i'm still slicing i get tired and i get irritated <laughs> well you got to find a way to close the face of the club yes i know yeah well but it's endless and as jack nicholas says it's an unfair game and you have to accept it. It's like the life in that way. Also, it's also a game that you can cheat at. It's the easiest game in the world to cheat at. As we learned in Goldfinger, I guess. Yeah, okay. Well, and the only one that suffers is you. Because you know. And you can't unknow. So if I'm a producer in Hollywood and I'm trying to get Sean Connery to be in my movie so I can get rich, because we know he won't make you rich, I'll steal all your money and make myself rich, <laughs> as producers do, uh, put a golf scene in there or something that's going to that's gonna help? It's not going to hurt. Absolutely, but the golf scene was already in Rising, Rising Sun. Sun. The golf scene I was suggesting and put in Medicine Man. I just finished the film Good Man in Africa. The golf scene was already in there. So that's kind of fortunate, I suppose. Clint Eastwood gets to play the piano now in most of his movies, and you're playing golf. Does you play the piano? Mm -hmm. uh, I saw Danny DeVito playing the fiddle in the... Your other other people's money or mm -hmm. something. Obviously, he'd played. 
Do you have any sense of what is commercial, or do you really care that much? I mean, I know you have to if you're going to be executive producer of a film, but is that a consideration for you? Well, it's very nice to think that it would have some commercial success, yeah. But um, primarily, it's to find something that I really would enjoy, and I presume then that other people would enjoy to see it. And of course, obviously, I'm, I'm I think, probably 60, 40 or something. And you don't look at a movie whether it's fun, do you necessarily? Do you look at it and it's work for you? I know it's work, it's very yeah. serious work. But it's a degree of fun. You need to have fun in a project, don't you? Well, I, to I like but, it? Well, yeah, but I mean, Russia House, for example, I think is a, a very good movie and a good example of what I'm talking about. I love the story, I love the character, and I love the idea of what it was trying to mm -hmm. say. It's not my idea of fun. Right. Weeks and weeks in Russia, working in Zagorsk and places like that, where you know it's where nothing you know works. I'd been there 30 years before, so I knew something about it. But I still, when I'm once I'm doing it, then I'm absolutely into it, and uh, I don't see a golf course for nine, ten weeks. Eh? But um, and. I would have saw, I would have thought it had more commercial value than it did, but mm -hmm. it didn't. So there's no way of really know. I mean, the different doing formula pictures. I think. Do you ever go back when you're dial? Do you ever dial around television when you're off somewhere and a Sean Connery movie comes on? Because my goodness, everything from Tarzan's Greatest Adventure you've done to Meteor, I didn't even yeah. know you had done. I guess a lot yeah. of people didn't know you had done that one until it came yeah. on television, and uh, and obviously all the great movies. But do you ever stop and watch yourself, or you go like this and just keep on spinning? No, um, sometimes I, I've been in, uh, I was in Sharjah, in Dubai, and there I was speaking Arabic. It was kind of interesting to watch, <laughs> but... Uh, what movie was that? Um, I think it was Wrong is Right. No, no, it was uh, The Next Man, mm -hmm. which was very popular in the Muslim countries. You can't go too far without the Bond things. You know, I was in my closet the other day looking around because I never go in there too much. And do you even recognize this man? Ah, it's just like last week. <laughs> what are your memories of those things? I mean, still, are they good memories? Because people won't let you get too far from them. Yeah. You're always going to be Bond. I love you for yeah. Bond. Yeah. And you have to have a warm place in your heart somewhere for that. Well, a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine died, James Hunt, and uh, was confused with me. They thought it was James Bond. I did see that. I'm glad you're alive today. I would have been very mad yeah. if you didn't show up. Well, I, I don't know what my feelings would have been if it was true, but um, no, I have, um, obviously one has uh, some good souvenirs about it, unquestioned. Uh, what, uh, what was very difficult to convey is the, the amount of pressure, uh, publicity-wise, um, and the uncharted areas where the, these kind of productions, where they were, you know, interminably long, and one was carrying most of it all the time. and. Um, you go to Japan, for example, and you only live twice, there were 500 photographers. And they were putting the cameras under the toilet door, and uh, wherever one went, you would see people sitting eating, you sit down and suddenly they would, and it would be a camera. Had restaurants heading you off at the past, you, you couldn't go anywhere. And uh, I accept the responsibilities, but what I find, I have to make a lot of things on my terms too. I like the public place. I like. I walk a lot. And I go in public places. And I know it's a public sector. And you drive your own car. I understand you drive yeah. around to your own sets most of the time if you can. Yeah. I understand yeah. you got lost on the way to this movie and you had to stop and ask some directions. But that was a trip. 
Yeah, well, I mean, everybody can get lost, you know. <laughs> you just don't think of Mr. Bond getting lost or Sean Connery. The nice meeting you finally, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Don't Thank lose you the golf balls. Off. You know, when you think of Connery, The Rock, what a great film. Oh, yeah. And I, I've never, I've, I've interviewed, you know, most of the living movie stars that appeared in films in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Yeah, yeah. And I never gave one any, I mean, I said, I never gave a gift to one or anything like that. Yeah. But Connery, just for some reason, every time I was with him, I gave him something. Okay. And I knew he was a big golfer. So we talk about golf at some point <laughs> here. But uh, I gave him a golf shirt one day. He loved it. Wore it in a photo shoot later that afternoon. I gave him exploding golf balls <laughs> because Bill Murray had done that at Pebble oh. Beach. And what, what, he what took was, them. What was his well, this reaction? is a cool part. I mean, so he yeah, took them. Yeah. I said, these are exploding golf balls. <laughs> I figured 007 should have these. Oh, yeah. And he went, thank you. Thank you, Q. And, <laughs> and then we, we many months passed. And then we're at, the, we're at Alcatraz to the oh, man. press thing event at Alcatraz. So he's, we're behind, behind the red velvet rope with my other lackey associates. Yes, yes. And he's coming in on a, on a private boat. There's his wife, Michelin, mm -hmm. his publicist, Nancy Seltzer. And I just happened to yell out, Mr. Connery. Yeah. And I guess my voice cut through and he looked at me and went, there's that guy. There's the guy that gave me the exploding golf ball. <laughs> come here. And so he had me come across the rope. Oh, and it. Nancy Seltzer, who is Garth Brooks' publicist today, yeah. still, she good. always remembers this. And he said, come with me. And so it's Nancy Seltzer and Sean Connery and his wife and me take off in a golf cart up the hill oh, in Al to the top of Alcatraz. And he walked me through Alcatraz where they had just done the rock. Wait a minute. And they had turned it into like, this is where we shot this. This is where oh, we shot I that. I love it. And so that was great. And then he went off his way and I went off mine. And so we sit, we go to the theater they've built at Alcatraz. Yeah. And I'm sitting down, you know, we're there all ready to go. And he comes up and sits behind me. And so when he sits down, he wants the movie to start. He's impatient. Sure. Yeah. So he starts Put, banging his feet on the ground boom 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 and he slugged me in the back like i'm supposed to do it so yeah. then i did it well you know <laughs> we want the show to start yeah well here comes the head of disney the head of disney pictures everybody in the world came out from backstage looking the first person they see is me <laughs> and i immediately just point to him <laughs> I, 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 he I started him it. out I ratted it out real quick, and then they oh, calmed yeah. down very quickly. I love but it. But they were about ready to uh, kill somebody out there. That was a but great. Henry was just, you know, he was so, so cool. But to be able to have that. And then I saw him later. He was going into a premiere in Las Vegas of one of these movies, and we were on the red carpet line. And I went, Mr. Connery. And he was being rushed through. Well, he stops and comes over because he was going to talk to me. And uh, mm -hmm. we just had that. I think we bonded because we were both bald <laughs> and, and tall, I guess. I don't know. I don't and know. I have a mustache, and he always had a mustache. And I don't know. Well, uh, Jimmy. You, know, you Jimmy, don't know why people are, hey, are associated with it, each other. They like each other, but we did. It, it could just be that you're a likable, nice guy. I mean, that could I'm not that not... likable. <laughs> no, I'm really not. And uh, I think he does. And he didn't befriend anybody. You know, he was kind of a cool character here's the other story about edinburgh yeah, yeah i took my daughter with me one of my daughters sarah okay and she's probably 15 14 at the time and so we go up to the top and this show it shows this castle in edinburgh we'd seen it and they were going to have some group dinner i hate group dinners okay and she didn't want to go either i said you want to go back to the hotel she said yeah so we go back to the hotel 
and they seat us in the restaurant. Nobody's there. And they seat us right next to Connery and his wife. Oh man. And so we, I didn't bug him. You know, we just sat there and acknowledged each other when we fore and left. Yeah. So we go and do the interview the next day and my daughter goes with me and she goes over and he says, come, you know, and so they get their picture made together. He gives her a big hug and we're leaving after the thing is over with. And she's 14 years old. She yeah, yeah. said, I, I think he likes me better than you. <laughs> That's always the case. <laughs> Which I've always loved, you know, that whole story. So, and the conversation with the great Sean Connery continues. How do you judge a movie that you've completed on whether you had a good time, whether it was fulfilling, whether it was what you thought it would be or what? Uh, well, they're all different. And it's unusual if a film comes out exactly and completely as you would like it to be. In the case of the, the Rock, I haven't seen it on the big screen, completed version, and nobody has really yet either with the completed sound, the music rather, uh, because it, they're rushing to finish the last seven, five reels before it officially opens. But uh, I carry a um, souvenir of uh, very frantic sort of... Um, in and out scheduling on the picture because it uh, couldn't have been foreseen, but in uh, San, San Francisco at Alcatraz, you know, it's like Ireland, you get the four seasons in the day and you start doing entrances and exits in a place that uh, you can't complete even one, then you have to go to something else. And so it's, and then more and more became uh, necessary to shoot there. So they had to go back after we came back down here. So it was uh, a little erratic. What's a good day for you on a movie set? When do you go home and say, I, that was good? A good day is when you've had a good rehearsal and uh, everybody's on song. All the, the actors, actresses, and all the technicians have had a good look at it and the run at it. And, um, it's terrific if you've got to the end of the day and it's a really important scene and you've completed the scene. Everybody's kind of in harmony with it. The worst thing is to get halfway through and it's not completed. You've got to go into the, all the reverses or something and it's sort of half-assed. <laughs> and it's, uh, you really feel, well, I'd rather come in the next day because we know so much more now and shoot the whole thing. Sometimes that happens, of course. You're probably not a lot of fun to be around if they get you crabby. Me? Mm. I'm an absolute sweetheart if everything is good. Everybody, if everybody's professional, I have no problems. It's uh, real amateurs that get up my nose. Are you a little surprised, by the way, that GoldenEye, has, the Bond th franchise, seems to have found a big audience again and they made 300 million <coughs> worldwide or something? Well, I think it's terrific and I'm not at all surprised because about 10 years ago they were mentioning that Pierce was going to play it and uh, they, I think, had gone into a bit of a trough in terms of the stories and from what I saw of them, because I wasn't following them avidly. avidly. And it was an excellent choice, uh, just enough kind of maturity too, and to be able to be comfortable with the kind of cool of it. And they also went back and got a good script. Uh, John Kelly, who's a friend of mine at United Artists, has had a lot to do with getting into the, the writing, rewriting, so they're the in the right groove mix. again, you think? Yeah, I think so. That's yeah. good. Dragonheart, not, not used to seeing you as a cartoon character. I mean, you're a voice, you're, you're a voice of a dragon. Yeah, well, it's much more um, original than that because it's, you know, it's not like just a kind of voiceover. I mean, the, 
logistics involved in making it are unbelievable. You know, just from the voice, they had to go on, recreate digitally on the scene, on the screen where the space had been left for me uh, as the dragon. Mm -hmm. And uh, from an original, uh, Rob Cohen flew 18 reels of film up to ILM, picked out all the scenes and gestures and things that he kind of related to myself and had them incorporated and choreographed them from Italy through Universal by satellite. Uh, so that's different. Yeah. Kind of fun. Well, I think it's, uh, it's well, it's next generation Jurassic Park, really. I had some pictures that I found at the store yesterday. Do you know this man? <laughs> Do you know yeah. this man? Oh, my have God. Have you seen yes. this man before? Yeah. Now, that guy we've seen. Now, do these guys have anything in common? Do they even know each other? You know, these guys? No, they all look quite different. Man, there's a few years between like them. Like, even, I couldn't even figure out when that one was. That one, I would say, is Marnie. Marnie, that's right. That one, I say, is Thunderball or something. That one's that's Red easy. October. And uh, Red when did you October. wear the hat? That was Bond because I had no mustache then. Hmm. Do you know those guys? Is that Sean Connery the same as this Sean Connery, pretty much? Well, not as intelligent, not as erudite, not as worldwise and smart, you know. Wow, who was this guy then? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to meet him, actually. Was he a tough guy? Uh, mostly kind of on himself, I think. Hmm. Feisty? Mm, not really. A pussycat, as you say. Oh, boy. Uh, is trust easy for you? Well, uh, no, but uh, when it's given, there's no measure. You know, it's, uh, and the fingers got burned a few times with that. Are you a competitive man? Highly. And that shows itself mostly on the golf course or at the Yes, camera? I think the golf reflects most of one's qualities or lack of them. You ever thrown your golf club? You ever lost it? You ever gotten really mad? Oh, yes. I've been unable to get it down from the trees many times, but no longer. No, no, I'm... Because you're a pussycat. Yes, I'm a pussycat now. Yeah, believe that. I've seen you again. Thank you Great. very much. And thank you for the gold okay. balls. <laughs> Sean Connery. Unfortunately, he passed away. He lived a full life, though. He died on Halloween. Oh, boy. I of 2020. Yeah. He lived in the Bahamas. His la He lived in Spain for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. He lived in several places. All, all of them get out of England because the taxes are so high. Yes. Yeah, but sure. he moved yeah. to the Bahamas. He, he shot Thunderball there. Mm. And I think he really liked it there. And it plus it's golf weather all the time. Oh, yeah. And he was a golfer. He loved golfing. And if, if he could get off to the golf course, you know, we've talked about that in these interviews. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he yeah. loved it. He, he was serious was about he, golf. Was he any good? Yes, he was very good. Yeah, yeah, all right. And, but he was just cool, and he was very good. And uh, People Magazine's the sexiest man alive in 1989. Wow. And the sexiest man of the century in 1999. Of the century? Of the century. Wow. How First Night, Just Cause. He was in so many movies. Uh, the last one I remember, League of the Extraordinary Gentlemen, yep. was not very good. But, you know, he had his he had the classics, though. All the Bonds. And then uh, I think Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. There was rumor they were trying to get him to do that again, you know, mm -hmm. play Henry yeah. Jones Sr. But he said, I'm having too much fun in retirement. But everybody loves Hunt for Red October oh, great and movie. The Rock yeah, and great. some of those movies. Those are all great. Yeah. He was a great guy, iconic to say the least. And I was very honored to have known him. 
Well, Jimmy, that was nice, and uh, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, From the vault and the EIP studios, I'm Derek Walker. He's Jimmy Carter. Thank you for spending part of your day with us and Sean Connery. Let's do it again next week, right here on Sweeping the Country, the podcast for all you need to know. Remember, subscribe, rinse, and repeat, and get bonus episodes just like this one each week from the vault. Until next time, I'm Derek Walker. Good day.